Welcome to the Stronger Marriage Podcast with Trey and Lee. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Glad you're here today. We have a new book on the market. Yes. It is out. It is officially out. It can be ordered. We're excited about it. It is currently number one on new releases on Amazon, which is pretty exciting. Or does that just mean nobody else has released any books? Maybe that's it. <laughs> now, there's some other books out there. I looked, and it's actually like second behind marriage books right now and it's one of those old popular books please don't take that wrong by saying old called boundaries that's ahead of us we can't seem to get around right now but we're trying uh we appreciate it they, these will make great stocking stuffers there it's a it's a easy book in a sense of if you're like me a lot of times i'm like i don't have time to read a book this is a book where you take three to five minutes every morning read through what you're supposed to for your challenge for the day Focus on that. Find time throughout the day to read with your spouse or talk to your spouse about, hey, we're supposed to be talking today about our tone or how we talk to each other or flirting, whatever your challenge is for that day. Mm-hmm. It's it's a more of a thoughtful challenge. We give you something to yeah. think about and something to just, yeah. Imp- no, you don't have to on. actual have a challenge right. every day. You don't have a job. It's not like we say, go write your spouse a, love, a love note or something. It's there are a couple of yeah. those, but not yeah. very many. Yeah, it's it's more of a thought, just something to think about and keep in the front of your mind. So yeah, we're excited about it. Supposed to bring out a a good bit of conversation with your spouse if you're reading it with them each morning. So it is good. It's perfect in a stocking if you want to get one for Christmas for kids, grandkids that are married, of course, um, friends. I mean, what what better gift to give than a gift that'd bless some marriage? Somewhere. Sure. At least that's my thought. Uh, we've got a workshop coming up this weekend. Last one of 2022, Weatherford, Oklahoma. Weatherford, Oklahoma. It's a quick drive for us. Yeah, kind of close. We're excited about that. Yes. Kind of excited. Not flying anywhere. We've got our date night coming up next month. I love this. This is Lee and I every December go on a date. Oh, this is November. This is not you said, December. You said next month, and I thought, wait. Yep. Uh, yeah. Even 2020, so we November. did one yes. of these. But uh, if you'll remember, in 2020, we had a date night at home mm-hmm. where we dressed up and had supper and found a concert on YouTube that we hadn't seen and watched it. It was a lot of fun. Yes. We love Christmas date night, so we're we're looking forward to it. Today, we are going to continue talking a little bit about family, and we're going to talk about phrases that you should be saying to your children. These are phrases, healthy phrases that help raise successful kids. These are all things that kids have come back as adults in life who've been successful that have said, it meant a lot to me that my mom and dad said this. Yes. And so these are all phrases that you regularly need to be saying to your to your kids to just kind of help them grow and mature if you still have kids at home. And even if you don't have kids at home, my adult children, I was reading through these, need to hear these on a regular basis. Yes, it's just instilling a certain mindset into your children, if you want to call it that, uh, some values, instilling some values into them, um, encouraging them with some of these. So, yeah, some good things. All right, so phrase number one that we're going to talk about is the phrase that says, I can't do everything for you. A As a one. parent, a we one. want to do oftentimes everything for our kids, especially when they struggle or can't do it. And we just want to jump in there and go, well, let me do it for you. And children need to understand that there are just some things in life that they're going to have to figure out on their own. Yes. This this was, this was probably a hard one for me because 
I'm a bit of a perfectionist and want things done a certain way. And so I, as a parent, just thought it's just easier for me to do that than to let them do it themselves, which, you know. Like folding and putting up their own clothes? Right. I mean, I just... Yeah, I never minded doing the laundry, and and I didn't put it away for them. Once they got a certain age, I would take it to their room and say, "Okay, it's your responsibility to put it away." But that <laughs> that didn't always. They just had a pile that continued to grow. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's good to teach your kids those things, uh, responsibilities. They they need to learn how to do some things on their own. We all want to be parents who are involved in our kids' lives, but. The worst, one of the worst things you can be is a helicopter parent. And kids don't need parents just constantly hovering over everything they do. We want to be in our, be in their life, but we, we want to do so without being overprotective. Because there'll come a time when they turn 18 and they walk across that stage and get that diploma and leave home that if you spend 18 years being the overprotective helicopter parent, you're going to realize real quickly that you don't have any more control and they're probably going to struggle because you're not there to do everything for them or look over their shoulder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they just, you know, sometimes they just don't quite know how to do things, but it's okay. Uh, You just, you can walk them through it. You can talk them through it. Uh, You know, we've had kiddos that had to go um, to the bank for the first time of all things, you know, and, and they really just weren't even quite sure how to use the little, the little tube, you know, that, what's it called? Yeah, that, that sucks thing. up into the... Our millennial children <laughs> were like, we don't know how to go to the bank. What am I supposed to do with this tube? Yeah. Um, it's pretty humorous, some of the conversations. And we're like, I taught them how to change a tire, but I forgot to tell them how to make a deposit at the right. bank at the drive-thru. Right. It's like, well, step number one, you have to figure out how to raise the window to get the tube out. And That's then it. you have to figure out how to open the tube. It is, it is challenging because I don't go often. And I went the other day and had to fiddle with all of that stuff and thought... Man, I can see why they struggle with this if they've That's never it. done it before. That is it. But there are th- things that you just have to let them learn on their own. You yes. just kind of have to go. F- you're going to have to figure this out. I can't do it for you. Yes. Um, and falling under this of I can't do it for you is your your children are going to have to take responsibility sometimes for their actions as well, which means at times they're going to make mistakes and there are times you've got to let them pay the price. You can't pull strings to get them out of trouble. We talked about this last podcast um, they're, they're just going to have to, they'll never learn if you are always getting them out of trouble mm-hmm. or out of scrapes, let them pay a price, uh, let them understand in life, you reap what you sow. And if you sometimes make mistakes, whether that's driving too fast and you get a ticket or whatever it is, you, you just sometimes have to pay a price for it and you can't do everything to fix things for them. Yeah. It, it, it's a hard lesson learned sometimes. And we, I don't know if we've shared this on a on an episode before that we have prayed that our children, when they were growing up, that they would get caught if they were ever doing anything they shouldn't do. Um, And that's a hard thing, uh, you know, because when they get caught, they're going to get in trouble and they're going to have to pay some consequences. And we, you know, all of our children at one time or another had had to pay consequences for something dumb that they had done. And uh, one of our kids just seemed like he couldn't get it through his thick skull and kept getting in trouble. And we told him, you know, we we pray that you will get caught when you do things like this. And he was so angry when he found out we'd been praying he'd get caught. But it's, it's, you know, if they don't get caught, uh, they can really find themselves 
getting in some serious trouble. You don't get caught, you just keep right on doing it. You keep it. on doing whatever it is you're doing, and, and there are some things in this world that, that can really uh, draw you in and, and keep you there if you're not careful. When so. your kids get caught doing something wrong, sometimes that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of my favorite people in the world, I don't think they listen to this podcast, I'm not going to call them a name, but when they were in high school, these are adult grown mamas these days mm-hmm. that I love. I was their youth <laughs> minister years ago, and they thought it would be fun to steal a pair of earrings out of a store at a mall. Oh, they could pay the price. They had the money, but they just want to see if they get away with it, and they got caught. They got busted. Police got called. They got handcuffed at the mall. Just all, what we, what can we do to shame these two girls? And they were, like it or not, they were really good kids. And I came out, had talked to both of them. They, they just, man, they just were so sad and so sorry and so everything else. But can you imagine had they not got caught? Yeah, well, they, what would have been the next step? What they, would they, they would have tried? They, well, they would have probably done it again. Yeah, because it's an adrenaline rush. Exactly. Right? And so it's not it's not the worst thing in the world <laughs> no. when your kids get caught doing bad things. Let them, let them, and and let them pay yeah. the consequence. Don't try to get them out of trouble because. That's how they learn. That's, that's how it. that's how they learn. So that's we'll it. move on. We got on a little bit of a soapbox there. Hey, that was good but stuff. Let let them learn things for themselves. Say the phrase, "I can't do everything for you." Yeah. Teach them some responsibility. Number two. Remind them often to always be kind and giving. Yes. They need to hear you say, "Always be kind and giving." Yes, and and you can say that, but if you're a grouch and a stingy. Grinch, they're not going to learn it. They're going to learn from you. So be kind and be be kind to people yes. and be giving to people. Yes, and that is th- that is true. This one, they're going to learn more from how you model it. You can say be kind and giving every day of your life, but if you're like Trey said, if you're an old grouch, they're not going to be kind and giving. So yeah. you've got to model this one. We love those companies. There's a lot of companies today that have set up giveaways where like if you buy a pair of socks they'll give away a pair of socks to homeless people buy a pair of shoes they'll send a pair of shoes to uh, a third world country Mm -hmm. and we love supporting people like that because that's what the world's supposed to be like yes it is yes and uh tell us about one of those that's that's a good example so in 2006 that surprised me i actually had to look that up because i thought that tom's the shoe company tom's uh y'all are maybe probably familiar with that um, it was founded in 2006, and I was surprised. I thought it had been around a little mm-hmm. longer than that. But um, they have given away over 95 million pairs of shoes. So uh, this Blake Mykoski founded Tom's, and it was because his mom had instilled compassion. Uh, that was just an important part of bringing up her children for her, was instilling compassion. Uh, she said, she made the statement that they had always, at Christmas time. Uh, through their church or some organization, they would adopt three or four families and, uh, you know, buy their Christmas for them. And she said that was just their family policy was to help those that were less fortunate. And her children had seen them practice that their entire lives. They had grown up with that. And so because of that, this Blake McCoskey, not probably doing that name justice, uh, he founded the company Tom's where for every pair of shoes you purchase, he gives away a pair of shoes in a third world country. So nice commercial there for Tom's that we just did. <laughs> and we not we don't get anything from no. Tom's. 
Uh, we just want you to know you don't know what kind of kids you're raising that someday right. may bless people That's if right. you're teaching them to be kind and giving. Mm-hmm. Bless other people. We do that a lot at Christmas, but don't just wait for Christmas. Do it in January. Sure. Do it in September. Bless other people. Take food to others. Uh, when somebody's had a funeral, uh, take food to their house. Share what you have. Adopt a family at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, do yard work at a widow lady's house. You know, there's just certain things that can be done that you can do. All throughout the year. There's so many ways uh, that you can help in your community, in your church, to, to serve other people and be kind That's right. and giving. Number yes. three, don't give up. Don't give up. Support your kids even when they fail. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is a tough one for kiddos. Um, sometimes they they get into a sport, maybe a, I don't know what, we'll just say music lessons. I don't know, something that they thought they wanted to do and they get into it and it's like just harder than they ever anticipated and they just think, I want to quit. I don't mm-hmm. want to do this. Um, let me just encourage you to encourage them not to give up because everything that's worth doing is is hard at some point if you're just learning something for the first time yes it's going to be it's going to be hard and it's going to be challenging and kids need to be encouraged not to quit yeah that is true teach them that uh other folks are counting on them and and if they're a part of a team or something along those lines Mm -hmm. the the main thing to understand is one of the things in life when kids fail at stuff is First thing they want to do is quit on something, and usually it'll pass. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes your kids don't like something, or sometimes they, you know, their biggest drama and fear and pain in their life is something that in two years won't even be an issue anymore. Um, these things shall pass. Yeah. Um, our biggest sadnesses and you know just heartbreaks as as our kids were at home were usually over. I didn't start the game or I didn't hit the free throw or I didn't win or whatever it was. And now now that they're all adults, you know, they never bring that up. They never mm-hmm. go, well, you know, <laughs> I would have had, had a good I would have <laughs> had a good childhood, but that one free throw, right. you know, that one game I didn't start. Um, those are things that don't matter in mm-hmm. life. Um, and so remind them, hey, don't give up on life. Right. There's more to life than you not starting a game or uh, you not making the cheerleading team or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. So encourage them not to give up. Um, better things are coming. All of those things. Uh, What's another phrase that we should be saying to help raise successful children? So this is a good one. I love this one. Let them hear you ask the question, what's the best and worst thing that happened today? I like that. Yeah. So we've talked about this before, um, and we kind of call it the hollow uh, the hollow exercise where we talk about the high point of our day and the low point of our day. But this is this is so good to do with your entire family. And, you know, different families have different times of the day when they kind of check in with each other. Maybe it's on the ride home from school. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's on the weekends when everybody has maybe some a little more downtime than you normally do. Um, but a lot of people have great conversations around the dinner table. And, uh, you know, if the kids just know uh, we're going to have some great conversation at the dinner table where everybody can share, uh, they will know that's a safe place to talk. And so that that's good. Kids need to know they have a safe place to talk about their highs and lows. Yeah, that is exactly right. Uh, You know, what happened good, what happened bad. All of those things are very important. And we have learned 
that you, if you want kids to talk, you've got to ask specific questions like that. Um, because I know when I would pick the boys up from school or when you would pick the boys up from school and you'd say, how was your day? And you would just get a, eh, it was fine. What, you know, that was, that was all you got. And so it wasn't until we started asking questions like this that they would actually have to stop and think about their day and what, you know, maybe some things that happened that, that they didn't really like or some things that happened that really made them feel good. And so when you can make it a point to do that on a very regular basis, your kids are opening up to you. Um, I would like to think it would, you know, when you're raising kids that feel like they can op- open up to you, it's going to decrease uh, suicidal thoughts and depression and all, all kinds of they will Things not like be afraid that. to approach you. That's right. They need to know um, they can come to you. And, and I'll remind you, when they become teenagers, you're going to have a lot less in common. Um, they just aren't going to be interested in a lot of things that are in your world. And so if you still want to be uh, relate with them, you're going to have to be involved in their world. And that means maybe talking about hobbies that they like, things they like, video games they like, movies they like. Um, and so your child probably is not going to make a huge effort to fit into your world. And so you may have to make a huge effort to fit into theirs. And that's going to be important that you do that. Absolutely. Yes. Number five, I love you. Your kids need to hear you say oh, it they need regularly to hear this one. and often. They have got to, to hear it. And you've got an interesting story that we have learned. Yeah, we, we were doing one of our family workshops and we were talking about this. Hoover, uh, Alabama. We were talking about, you know, telling your kids I love you. And after that session was over, I had a lady that come up to me and she said she had been driving home from work and caught a a podcast in the middle of of an episode, but they were talking about this very thing. Um, They actually had polled uh, high school kids and they had asked the question, when was the last time you heard the words, I love you? And... It was so interesting that the top 10%, you know, those kids that made really good grades and that were in the top 10% of their class, they said they heard those words every day or nearly every day. And then the ones that were in the bottom tier of the class, the very bottom of the class said they never heard the words, I love you. So, I mean, that just speaks volumes about the impact that saying I love you to your children has on your kids. Yeah, that is exactly right. Say I love you a lot. Uh, number number six, we, we're counting these. It helps us keep up with them, <laughs> is uh, make sure your kids know that they are special and unique. Yeah, they need to hear you say that. They all need to know it's okay that they're different from their brother or their sister. They don't all have to be alike. You don't, as a parent, have to measure them up to your their siblings. You don't have to tell them, well, you're you're never going to be as good as your big brother if you don't get out and practice. Or You shouldn't why, yeah, tell them. Not, yeah. You don't have to, Sorry. but you should you not. Should not. <laughs> you don't have to tell them, hey, yeah. you, you know, why can't you make good grades like your sister? Whatever it is, that's not healthy. Every kid is different. Every kid is special. Every kid is unique. And and some of them in our family alone, there were some of our kids that, that school came easy. So simple, mm-hmm. so easy. Um, got a couple of them that what I would call photographic memories. They just kind of look over a test they need to, and it's there. And then I had a couple of them that, yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't, it just didn't work. They just weren't built that way. Not good test takers. And you cannot come along and go, you should be more like your, because they're not the same kid. Let your kids be different. 
they may be interested in different things. One of them may say, I am not interested in sports. I'm interested in this. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Let them be who they are, how God made them to be. Yes. And, and point out their talents, you know, to them. Uh, when you see them doing something really well, like we had one of our sons that just was so good with kids. He was always, the kids just followed him around. He's like the Pied Piper. Yes, he was. As a a teenager, (laughs) and they followed him everywhere wanting to play, and he would be on the floor wrestling with them. He was just, he would give them time and attention, and he was so good with them. And we, we told him often how good he was with kids and that, you know, think about when you're getting ready to decide what kind of career you want to have, think about something that will involve children. He he didn't. That is not <laughs> what he's doing now. But um, but yeah, tell tell your kids uh, that they're when they're doing something good. Um, point out what they're good at to them because they may not always realize that they have a talent in a certain area. So when you see it, you point it out to them. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to put things. Uh, make sure you tell your kids regularly you have what it takes. You to whether it's school, whether it's whatever it is that they're putting there, you can do this. Mm-hmm. You have what it takes. They need to hear that you believe that they do, whether or not they believe it or not. Right. And this could go back to the one we talked about earlier on on don't give up. Yeah. Um, you, you've got what it takes. You can handle them. this. Yeah. Encourage you can them. handle this. And 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 that's something that's very important. Yes. Uh, the next one is so essential. Your kids need to hear this regularly. And it doesn't matter if your kid is 3, 13, or 33. Your kid needs to hear you still telling them that you are proud of them. As a parent, I am proud of who you are. I am proud of this. And and maybe you have got a kid right now that's frustrating you and you feel very disappointed in whatever choices they've made in life. You find something in their life that you can tell them you're proud about. Yep. You know, we, we we just watched an episode. We were we were watching the Big Bang Theory last night, and yeah. and I don't know if any of y'all have ever watched that, but we were watching that. And if you know the characters, Penny had befriended Leonard's mom, and and Leonard and his mom don't have the best relationship. And anyway, his mom had told his wife that she was proud of her for her new job and and the work she was doing. And Leonard said. My mom has never told me she was proud of me, not once. And, uh, you know, it just, it, it does. It makes an impact. Even grown men want to hear their moms, their dads say, I'm proud of you. Yeah. My dad is 83. And rarely do I ever, when I talk to him, do we ever finish a conversation that he doesn't tell me how proud he is of me. Uh, as my 80-something-year-old father telling me, a, a man in his 50s, he's proud of me. I tell my dad the same thing. Mm-hmm. But it's just so important that you tell your kids that. Yeah, it it instills a sense of value in them. It lets them know, I am valuable. Yes. So another thing they need to hear from you is, good job. Everybody good needs job. an attaboy. Yes. Your husband, your wife, your kids... Your parents, good job, whatever it is. Uh, your parents weren't perfect parents, but if they're still alive, they need you to tell them they did a good job. Um, people just need to hear that. We have enough people in this world telling everybody how much they stink. Right, what all they're doing wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Tell them good job. Uh, Finally, one yes. more. Can I give you one more? Last one. I'm sorry. 
Now, the point on this one is, and this is such a big deal, if I went back to two or three of the biggest events of my childhood that really made a difference to me, one of those would be when my dad came and apologized um, for losing the temper, that my dad had enough humility as an adult to come and say, I want to apologize for losing my temper. Um, I look at that, and I'm sure he would be embarrassed about it, even if I brought it up today. But the point is, was he set an example that no matter how old you are, you're never too old to apologize. And your kids need to hear you say at times, man, I screwed up. I am really sorry. I said something I shouldn't have said. I did something I should have done. Whatever it was, um, if you never apologize to your kids then they're going to grow up thinking, once I become an adult, I don't have to apologize anymore. I'm never wrong anymore. Your kids need to hear from you, hey, I'm no different than you and I make mistakes. That's really, really important. It is. It is. Yeah. They they don't need to grow up thinking that you think you're perfect. Uh, they know when you've made a mistake. Yeah. They know when you've been too hard on them, you know, or whatever. So, yeah, they need to see you owning up to that. And letting them know, hey, I'm not perfect and I make mistakes too, but they they need to hear you apologize. Yeah, that's an important thing. Yeah. So here's 10 phrases that uh, you should be saying to help raise some successful kids, whether your kids are 13 or 33. Yeah, or three. Or three or any of them other things that end <laughs> with three. Any of those, yes. Yeah. Hope you all have a good week. We'll see you all in a couple of weeks. Um, can you think of anything else we need to add? I think we covered it we all. Are, we're like six weeks away from a cruise, a yeah. marriage cruise, and I'm excited about it. And I think there's a few spots left if anybody's interested, two or three. Um, Don't know I, what the price is right now. Our locked-in price has probably changed, but there is still room on the ship for yep. you to come. So. Yeah, good thing to ask for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Take me on a cruise, a marriage cruise. Y'all have a great day and a great week. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.